This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Let's do something from Luke chapter 7. Luke 7. And we are going to be reading Luke 17, 32 rather. Luke 17, verse 32. It's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. And there's something, just a verse of three words. Let's read together. Who is talking here? So it's a bit of Bible study tonight. Who is talking here? Some are not bold to say. They don't know. <laughs> Have you been studying the Bible? Hallelujah. So who is speaking here? You should know. You must have, you should have read it before. So this is Jesus saying, just, now the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. John 11, what verse? Okay, you know that one. Very good. <laughs> Amen. John 11, 35, Jesus wept. You know, at least thank God many people could say that one. You know, I remember when, when we were in school, there was a lecturer that we had. And he was trying to teach something one day, and then he said that, like he said, like you know, there was this news around in uh, one, one current affair. He said, you know, and he said, nobody knew. Nobody said anything. He said, okay, you don't know that one. He said, the same thing I'm saying, that fella sang a song on it, and he sang the song, and nobody sang with him. He said, you don't know that one also. Then he used another angle. I can't remember the third angle, and nobody answered. He was writing all the while, talking to himself. Then he turned back and said, excuse me. Current affairs you don't know. For last song, they said, let's start with, what do you know? <laughs> you know, he found the class mysterious. Now, the Bible says, remember Lord's wife. Jesus started talking from the beginning of this chapter, and he goes to this particular verse, and he said something very important. He said, remember Lord's wife. Jesus wanted the people he was addressing to learn something from Lot. And, of course, this would take a... What is so important about Lot that we are being told to remember Lot's wife? Hallelujah. Almost everybody has been told the story of Lot's wife and what happened to her. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. In the midst of his teaching, let's read verse 16 of this... Sorry. Uh, verse 31 of this same chapter 17. Verse 31. In that day, he which shall be upon the house stop, house stop, and is stop in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. This chapter 17 uh, contains the same thing as we see in Matthew 24 about the event of the last days. So he started by saying, Nation will be at war against another nation. There will be earthquake in diverse places. There will be war. There will be famine. There will be war and rumor of war. He said, all these things will happen. Brother will betray brother. He said, see that you are not troubled. That is going to be the end, but not the end yet. You are journeying towards the end. But in the midst of talking about the events of the end time, about the war, about the famine, about the earthquake, and all these things we are seeing now, Jesus brought in something again 
that apart from giving your attention to when you see nations, North Korea threatening this, when you see Iran say that they will do this nuclear stuff, and all those things that you see, he said the end is close. But as you give attention to those things, one thing is also important, remember Lot's wife. So what happened to Lot's wife? Genesis chapter 19. Let's read. Are we set? Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, it's a long reading. We know the story. But let's go to the verse where they were told not to look back. What verse is that? Amen. Go down, down, down to another verse 18 or thereabouts. So let's read. Thank you. Oh, not my soul. Lord. I want the precise where they were told not to look back. What verse is that? Check your Bible. It's 1760. Which one? You know, something I like you to. <laughs> I like you to get to some places yourself. It will help you to be acquainted with scriptures, which is very important. All right? Okay, now. It came to pass. When they had brought them forth abroad, he said to them, Escape for your life. Look not behind thee. Everybody say instruction. So two angels appeared in Sodom and Gomorrah where Lot was living. In the first place, Lot made the greatest mistake of his life. Abraham said, in Genesis 13, all of a sudden there was a war, there was a fight between the earthmen. Earthmen issue is not a new issue. <laughs> between the earthmen of Abraham and the earthmen of Lot, and Abraham said to Lot, Don't let us fight, we are brethren. Don't let our workers working for us create an issue between us. And of course, in day-to-day -day interactions between people, things like this are very common. There are siblings who have never fought until one gets married, and then the marriage of one creates a problem between one and the other. Just what I'm saying. Some is the mother, and all kinds of things. So in the case of Abraham and Lot, they hire staff to work with them. And those staff started fighting. This one will say that those who were managing Abraham's property, the, the cattle, the herdsmen of Abraham, will say that this land is for us, this animal, and Abraham called and said, boy, come, come, come. We are cousins. You, you are, we are relatives. We should not be fighting. He said, you know what? We have gotten to a point, we are so big, we cannot stay together anymore. There is so much to say from that. Sometimes, friction is an indication that it is time to move. Are you following me? If you are living with a person and it's beginning to be one fight after the other, sometimes friction, what he's saying to you is that it's time to move. At times, what he's saying to you is that it's time to leave that friendship. Hallelujah. So see, if you start a work, you start a business, start an organization, and you are part of every meeting, when you are about to step up and you should not be part of every kind of mundane meeting again, something will happen, a kind of insult or something that will tell you that you are supposed not to be in that kind of meeting again. So, that's a, a very important lesson. Are you with me? If you overstay in your parents' house, you will start fighting. A time comes that you need your space. And if you don't look for that space, there will be friction. That is when you are 31 and they are still telling you where to come home and where not to go. When your colleagues are married and their children... <laughs> now, I'm not uh, 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 spiting those who are married. No, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that at certain times, 
if you are not where you ought to be, there will be a problem. At that age, you will know that really nobody should be telling you what you should be doing by now. But if you are still driving daddy's car, spending daddy's money, staying under daddy's room, it's not that they want to do it intentionally. Somehow, you'll find daddy still controlling what you are doing. That's why, in the Bible, everyone that stayed at home, they amount to much. Everyone who left came back as a champion. You can start from the beginning and read all the stories like that. So Esau and Jacob. So Esau stayed back. Jacob traveled. When he came back, he was a big guy. Go on like that. Joseph and twelve brothers. Joseph was sold. The rest of them bowed to him. You will see this all through. Samuel's brother were at home. Samuel was Samuel went to, when he came back, he was I mean, we don't know the names of his brethren, only Samuel. There is something about those who dare to step out. Comfort that is keeping people back where you ought not to be. Listen to me very, very this is very important. So when I came to Lagos, we, the, my auntie lived somewhere around around the Pueby here. She was living in a duplex. I mean she was doing well, well and everything. But I knew that living with her would afford me some would give me some some comfort but would disturb my mission on earth. She wouldn't hear of it that you are going to pastor a church and everything. So I didn't even think about it. I would rather I stay with my friends where we wouldn't even have money to buy Indomie. But that was the pain I needed to go through there to establish myself. You understand what I'm saying? You know, a lot of people don't know this. So they stay anywhere and then you are complaining. Don't ever complain about what you permit. Say amen. Hallelujah. And there's something about our society. Nobody will respect you if you are not established. Even if you are 24 and you are sending money home, there will be respect. If you are 39 and you are still collecting from there, there will be disrespect. When, when, when I was telling her, I said, That's what I said, I don't hate poverty because of poverty. I hate poverty because of the effect of poverty. The effect of it. Somebody kneels down to pray, but the abuse are standing before you. The effect of it. The temptation people enter into it. And God has made provision which we should know. The effect of it is terrible. Hallelujah. Are you, are you following me? So, anyway. That's just about Abraham. And we go back to that another day. But let's look at this for what we are sharing today. So it came to pass. I don't know. My mind is, I feel like I should. I, I just addressed somebody about what I just said right now. No matter how comfortable. Look. You have to be. I'm about to say something about not looking back. But hear me on this. You have to be deep enough to set yourself free. I served in Kaduna. I served in, I've told you many times, I served in an NPC. Because when I was on campus, I was pastor in a fellowship. One of the members then, I told his father that I was coming. The father is a surgeon and the mom. They, I told him I was coming to Kaduna. They had a seven-bedroom duplex with still was working with them in the house. So when I left NYSC camp, family house was so choked. I mean, and then I was made an ESCO, but I rejected it. So that kind of created a little tension. So I was there in the family house for just a week, but my heart was not there. I just thought, this, this, this is not what I'm... So I used to go on the street to do evangelism. Now, this guy told his parents. He just called me one day. That Pastor, he was still in UI. I was my junior in UI, but I was already serving. And they came from Kaduna. So he called the parents that, my pastor is in Kaduna, please. And as at that time, about three rooms in the house were empty. So they gave me a room. 
But I noticed, very wonderful family, but strict policies. Now the father told me after about a week or two that I've noticed that you are a Christian. All the rules in this house, they are not binding on you. You can go out and come back anytime. But I was wise not to recognize that there is a law that everybody must come on before 7. Now, at times I was just coming back from office under 7.30. I had friends around, other couples that came from UI together that I wanted to roam around with. They were all Christians like myself. Wanted to have a nice time, go preach. I mean, at times just be like, let's go, let's just go for a concert. I mean, I just wanted to like, see, we are couples, let's have a good time. As long as we are not doing any, anything wrong. But I found out that it was difficult in the house. Laws upon laws. You know, I called my brother at a point. All I asked him to borrow was money for mattress. I found my way until I met a woman who offered a part of her house. I just put the first night there. I just put a mattress on the floor. No cutting, no nothing. I slept there. My sleep was sound. Because the people living there told me that this man will not allow anybody to bring people to his house. And I respected that. Not a single friend visited me when I was staying in that man's house. He didn't tell me that directly, but I noticed that that was the rule long run. You must be wise. The Bible says with wise counsel, wage your war. Because it's important for you to show, and last time I was in the UK, someone came to see me, very fantastic boy. You must be prudent. You, see, you must show yourself a wise man. Christianity makes a person wise if you allow it to dominate you. <laughs> Are you with me? People will think you are older than because of what you do and what you do. So I was there. I just said, I can't stay here. Over there, the food was sure. Somebody will cook. If the girl come and call me, uncle, your food is ready. But where I moved to, there was no food. No TV. Nothing. But you see, the Bible says that it is better to dwell on top of a roof with peace. Than to stay in the house with a contentious woman. When I said I was living, there was a lady that was living with him. After that time, she was almost 30. She was an accountant of a company. She didn't see what I was seeing. One of the days we sat down there in the night, she still at, at the dining table. <laughs> and the mother came, or the mother of the house came around to 10 and ordered us to go and sleep. Two things occurred to me that in my house, my parents wouldn't. So I noticed some rules like that. When I left, about a week later, she called me and said that you took the right decision. She didn't see what I was seeing. She was receiving money, but she couldn't endure the pain of going to rent a place. It was painful. My first night, no fun, no nothing. And where I was there, you have to go to the BQ to go and have your bath, and then you will come back. And... But you see, I wanted freedom. To be creative and to be established in life, the first thing you need is freedom. If you are not free and you don't have your space, you can't be what you want to be. So when your position is stay with a person, stay for a while, but start planning. Quickly. Except there is peace where you are staying and it's supporting your vision. But once you notice that it's obstructing something, don't fight them. Begin to excuse yourself and find a way to live. Are you with me? Some of those things, eh? It is God trying to help you develop your Moses. When I came to Lagos, where I was caught with our friend, Anthony, all on Lobos Streets. The owner of the house was in Dublin or Ireland. Two bedroom flat, very well furnished, AC, everything there, fantastic. And just over myself, another friend who was serving. 
who was a brother-in-law to the owner of the property. And after staying for like two or three months, we're enjoying it. I mean, that place was wonderful. It led to everywhere. And then for some reasons, I don't know, called the man and said that we're bringing multitudes to his house. And he sent a message that within 48 hours, he couldn't evict his cousin, but he told me to leave. And I said, no problem. I remember that I came down, the land, I told the landlady, because she was so nice to that mama will be leaving in two days' time. And she got angry. She said, why are you leaving? And she said that. I don't know what I said. I made her say that. Did anybody say, call the name of the guy? And the guy said, it's like a son to me. I am the landlady. I say, I'm here. I see you every day. Who told him that you were bringing? He said, let me call him. I said, man, no, no. To look as if I'm reporting. Don't worry. It's his house. He said, we should leave. And that's not a problem at all. It was hard. That was when I started cutting with Shola, who is there at the back. But you see, about one year, six months or two after that, everything he had in that house, I had more. If I did not leave, I would be enjoying his stuff. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why no matter what people are built and they, what they bring you into it, have the mentality that you are able to reproduce much more than that. Because eventually, what is not yours is not yours. Is somebody with me? Are you following me? This is very, very important. Amen. You must learn how to stand by yourself. Sometimes God will remove all those support systems so that you can be strong as that. So, let's move on. I just said that. Amen. So, they said, look not behind thee. That is the word I want to bring out from what I'm sharing tonight. Everybody say, don't look back. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's begin. And then we are going to read uh, Luke again. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. 36 from 36. Hebrews 10. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is someone following? Everybody, let's read this scripture together. Go to the next, next verse. <coughs> the next one. This is where I'm going. Amen. They just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul... <laughs> Luke chapter 9, verse 62. I'm aware by the Spirit that there are people. See, the Bible says, He that endures to the end shall be saved. He that endures to the end shall be saved. There is no pass mark for moving a little. There is only a reward for getting to the end. Are you following me? Mm. I have a reason for saying this. And Jesus said, Let's read verse 61 before we read this verse 62. Verse 61. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go, bid farewell, which are at home at my house. And then Jesus said, read this aloud. The Bible says, if you put your hand on the plow and you look back, 
As far as the kingdom of heaven is concerned, you are a misfit. We are not of them that draw unto perdition. He said, it's not enough to draw back. Because carnal men are always drawing back. So they checked out of Egypt. Shortly after they left Egypt, so people started craving to go back to Egypt. So in Numbers chapter 11, they started remembering the kind of food they were eating in Egypt. And they wanted to go back. Paul addressed this later in Galatians chapter 3. Let's read. <coughs> Galatians 3. Forgive me that I'm coughing. It's all the Abelkuta and everything. Amen. <laughs> oh foolish Galatians, who had bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Christ must do? This only I will learn of you. Receive me the Spirit by the words of the Lord or by the hearing of faith. Verse 3. And this is where I'm going. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? What I want to share with the house tonight. Those scriptures that we've just read. That Luke 9, 62. That Hebrews 10, 36 to 38. This particular one that we just read now. All of them. And then the Numbers 11 that I mentioned. They are pointing towards something. I want to tell you this. Take God's attitude as it is. We read in love. And that's where we started from. The angel said to love and his wife, Escape to the mountain and don't look back. There is an attitude that God has towards those who look back. Or towards the act of looking back. I've been a Christian for 26, 27 years. I have seen people go back to their vomit many times. I have seen, just like what happened in Israel, how God brought people out. How they saw darkness, turned their back, but after some few days, turned back again and looked at the darkness. I have seen how people have made it to the altar. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. But then, there is a bit of pressure. So, uh, Hebrews 11 puts it this way. And I want us to look at that also. I said in Bible study, you have to look at all the scripture. Hebrews chapter 11. I want to read where the Bible talks about, about Moses, about faith. Moses, that should be, what verse is that? I know verse 15 says that if they were mindful of the city they came out from, they would have had the opportunity of returning. Bear with me that I'm showing you many scriptures. You have to know the scriptures. Now, Go to verse, I'm looking for a verse where the Bible says that he chose to identify with his own people rather than to be called the son of Pharaoh. Verse 25, thank you. Hallelujah. Choosing rather, let's start from 24. Look at this. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Amen. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with his people, with the people of God, than to enjoy the what? For all that the devil can do is just for a season. A believer, someone, is collecting money from a guy and sleeping with the guy. And she gets born again. She knows it is over with that. But then the money is not coming in again. And the spirit is shouting, if any man will draw back. Someone, 
takes cigarettes, probably marijuana as well, and the light of God comes into his soul. After some days, the impact of that salvation, for the first one week, the desire will go. But the Bible said that when the unclean spirit departed from the man, he came back seeking for where place. So when the devil leaves, he leaves for a while, and he comes again. When he tempted Jesus, the Bible said that when Jesus gave him the final answer, that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, said, get behind me, Satan, so he departed. But the Bible says, in, I think Luke's version, Luke chapter 4, that he departed from Jesus for a season. That means he was going to come back. The devil's strategy hasn't changed. Those guys left with joy. They left Egypt thinking that everything, when they saw Red Sea parting, oh, what a sight to behold. But then the wilderness. And inside the wilderness, only manna. Then the guy remember his bed, water bed in Egypt. Then he remember the spoon and the kind of food they used to eat. And gradually their soul started thinking of going back to Egypt. So what happened to Lot's wife? As they were moving, they were moving from a city to the mountain. Of course a city is preferable. I mean, who would, think, who would leave a city for a mountain? They were rescued from Sodom and Gomorrah. But Sodom and Gomorrah was still in her soul. When next we come, maybe next Wednesday, I'm going to show you from Joshua chapter 5. After 40 years, after 40 solid years of living in Egypt, God told Joshua to circumcise all the men again because the ones that were circumcised initially had died. A new generation. And when the circumcision was done, God used a very strong statement. He said, today, I have removed the reproach of Egypt from you. They left Egypt 40 years ago, but the stain of Egypt was still in their soul for 40 years. Oh, all my life I've seen people that are born again. Though they are in Christ, but the world is still so much inside them. When you see a believer misbehaving, that is the reason. When people yield to temptation, when instead of we are not of them that draw back. Remember, some of us also had the past when we got born again. But you see, the way we receive Christ and His grace at work in us, did not allow us to look back and we will never look back. But what I see nowadays, all over the body of Christ, are too many people who draw back. He plays his card and they fall for it. If you are very active sexually, if the word of God hits you hard and you give your heart to Christ, that desire will disappear for a while. But after a while, the pressure is coming back. If you say no to the pressure, you have entered life forever. There is an anointing. There is a strength that is released to your spirit, man. If you allow it to be. How many people, you know, this is very common, even among Christians, dating, they will do something like kissing. Their conscience will say, that, why are you doing that? Then they will tell each other, you know what, we are getting too physical, we are not going to. They just said that now. <laughs> are you with me? 30 minutes after that, they started again. And then the following day, they meet again. Say, when they meet, say, we, know, we said that no touches, no nothing. These are Christians. They said that, okay, no sex. They've crossed that boundary. But like, okay, why are we touching each other? So we are not touching. So when they see the next day that no, no touch, no, and they told them we agree, no, no, no touching. 
It's as if the devil is there laughing. No, that goes on touch. <laughs> and then they start again. And listen, you are strong, you are not weak. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. If a believer has been part of people, they share legal money. Are you anything at all that has penetrated your soul? When you are born again, when you are in Christ, the light of God has entered your spirit, but there will be a battle in your soul. When you win, you will have grace to help several other people. And you know one thing, godliness profits in all areas. When you win, it's not about that area only. You have received strength to stand in any other area. Hallelujah. When you set your face, don't look back. That's what the Bible is saying. Never consider Egypt again. Don't consider Sodom and Gomorrah again. It's the truth. That's just our study tonight. To call forth men and tell people, there is a higher life. Once you leave Egypt, you are on your way. You are going to the promised land. You are in Christ. You are already in promised land. You are in a place. Don't look back. Hallelujah. What I've just said to you briefly, that I've used many scriptures to illustrate, is because of the rate at which this is happening to many saints. Consequently, you are going to have very weak soldiers in the kingdom of God. If you are people who are rising and falling, rising and falling. Can you get to a point that for the next one year, you are not asking for forgiveness over anything? What the Galatians thought, it is possible. What Galatians thought, that have you started the spirit, you are now perfecting the flesh. Thank you. Many times, even if you teach people about the power of confession, the next one week, they are speaking positively. The second week is going down. The third week is going down. The fourth week, they are already back to. You cannot exercise the spiritual authority you have if you are like this. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And James later said, let no such a man think he will receive anything from God. Don't let him just think he will receive anything from God. I want to tell you something. The way you will take the word of God is the way you take your words. If you say, no, I won't do this again, and you don't, you will decide that any scripture you read, it will be very easy for you to exercise faith on it. If your words are strong, you will have strong faith in the word of God. Hallelujah. And I have found out, Satan fears those who say something and stand by it. When they say, I won't do this again, they don't. He fears those who do that. We are in the last days. That's why I just decided to pause to share this with you. We are in the last days. An unusual spirit of lust and all kinds of things, atrocities, lawlessness, is ranging around. Can those who are of household of faith take their stand and never look back? You know, the few years that we've been as a church, I've noticed people. Today they are committed, tomorrow they are not. Today, I know at times, you can't plant. You plant something, you uproot it. Imagine you put a corn in the soil, you open it to remove it, you put it back, open it. There is a guarantee that that thing will never grow. And that is the way some people's lives are. Some people have been Christian for 10, 15, 20 years. And they have never enjoyed one year of stability. One year. 
that one year something won't dent their record, that one year they won't, just one year, it has never happened. I am repeating myself, you can get to a point that for two years you are not repenting of anything. You are not going back to anything. You've left it behind this behind. You are not going back to it. That is when a revelation of higher things will begin to come into your life. The Bible said that we should live. It said, let us live the elementary doctrines of Christ. Let us go to perfection. There are higher things. If today, after five, six years, you are still struggling, struggling with one thing or the other, especially the same thing over and over again, when you repent of, oh, see, we didn't plan to do it, we just did it. You did it in January. Now you've done it again in May. They're going to do it again in September. Whatever doing it means. <laughs> I'm assuming I don't know what it means. I'm just saying whatever. <laughs> and the question everyone is asking is that, at what point is your ground solid enough for us to build on it because it looks like you are like this for the same reason as Jacob was dying in Genesis 49 he called his firstborn Reuben he said as unstable as water you will not excel that's a strong word if anyone draws by my soul will not have pleasure make up your mind God can forgive anything as many times as possible. But you, know, you can keep repeating a class. When will you master something, kick it behind and just move on? Take for instance a Christian that tells lie. For how long will you keep battling the fact that you don't speak the truth? Once there is pressure, and you dare it and let the pressure come on you, you are broken evil. You are broken truth. And that will never be an issue again. Hallelujah. Are you with me? The greatest pain that we have now is that so many people are in Christ. But everything they were before they came to Christ is still everything they are in Christ. And that is painful. So they are in Goshen, but Egypt is inside them. They need to be washed by God. The way they tackle issues, the way they do things, everything. See, in the kingdom that you have come into, it's different from where we are coming from. If any man is in Christ, it's a new creation. All things are passed away. <coughs> Many years back, Pastor Tudy Bakari, as a lawyer, had an opportunity. I think it was Ibrahim Vangila that was the president then. They came to me as a young lawyer to sign a particular contract about oil blocks in Nigeria, and they were going to give him 3%. That 3% will mean that it will be a billionaire forever. He was coming from the poorest of all backgrounds, remember? When he came to Lagos, he was a house boy in a particular house. That's why he wears glasses. One day they said to go and buy food for their dog. And a bicycle, a motorbike hit him. And then he had a crack in his eye. So he started wearing glasses. Okay, he couldn't afford glasses. They started wearing much more after that. He said it would be raining heavily. He would be hiding under the house of the dog. People wouldn't even open the door of their house to him. You know, one day, right now, as I ten years ago in Lateran Church, the same people who was doing houseboy for were in charge of their sanitation department in their church. Years after they came to meet him in church with tears, said, "Do you know?" I said, "No, sir." I said, you, "You used to be our houseboy," and he remembered. 
and he remembered, but he showed them love instead of retaliating. When that contract came, for somebody whose life, who has been battered with abject poverty, it looked like it's an opportunity to make money. Like the devil, that moment you will hear the voice of the devil telling you that you see, this is one chance you have. If you miss it, there is nothing like that. It's not true. He looked at the old document and he gave the guy back. This document involves me compromising my faith. Whether I become a billionaire or not, I don't want. And he walked away. He suffered that disorder for about a year. But two years after, he became a billionaire in Naira, in dollars and in pounds at age 29. When there is pressure, Pastor Bibo told me, which I told you before, there was a guy. The guy was in Ife when she was in UI. That was her boyfriend. And she got born and the Spirit of God said that you will know it's over. She will cry. She will sit down. They weren't even doing anything for you. Those people just said that you can't. She finally summoned courage to call the, to go and see the guy and say, you know what? I'm born. He said, Peter can born again. Can she said, no, it doesn't work like that. We met as unbelievers. Now I'm born again. First of all, there has to be a change. If God will bring us together later, I don't know, but for now we have to separate. She did. <coughs> then she met Pastor Taiwo about two, three years after. She was full of joy that she left the guy. She was full of joy that she left the guy. Years after, she was in her office one day. The guy ended up marrying her best friend. And the secretary so wanted to see her. When she called them inside the office, he turned to be the guy and the lady. He had beaten the light out of the lady. And they came for counseling. What many people don't know is that God will never give what is in his hand when you are holding on to what is in your hand. God's plan is always times hundred better than your plan. But you won't step in until you show him that you trust him by letting go of what he says you should let go of. Yes. If any Christian is doing any dirty business, it might be that everyone has it. He will make much more money by everyone's plan, but they will hold on until he's able to say that, okay, I'm dropping this thing. Do you trust God to lay all before him? You know how many times people have walked up to me, ladies, and the guy is saying that, they say, we have sex, and if you love me, you have to lay that, and all those rubbish that they say, I'm not telling you that, why don't you tell me that, if you, you two say that if you love me, marry me, then I'm yours. Some of them, I don't see them again, I will know what has happened. They made up their mind. Pressure and the rest. Nobody keeps any guy with sex. You understand what I'm saying? All these things. Sometimes you are in the midst of people and there's so much pressure. Your friends want to move you this way. And inside you know this is not the way. But it looks like you are being left out. Learn to take your stand. Events will go and come. They will all come back and bow. They will all come back and bow. They will all come back and bow. That's what the Spirit of God is saying to people today. Hallelujah. Your life should be clean. You should have track records of victory over any kind and every kind of temptation. It's not only you. Everybody gets tempted. 
everybody. But you know the glory that is coming and what God is working with. I told someone, I said, let me tell I stay where I go to pray that somebody is not making advice. Whether you are in the plane and everything. I'm already used to it now. But it's a, it's a personal decision. Nobody sees me when I'm in all these places. But you see, what, if you have set your life clean, <laughs> one day, that was like three, three weeks ago, while like, we were praying for the meeting, I was in a particular hotel, and I came out, and it was a, a Toyebi's husband that I saw, with his friend. A friend was doing wedding in Abeokuta and they came there. They two were looking for a room and then we just jammed at the corridor. I just laughed and I said to myself that if I was preaching something outside and doing something else. You know that Jesus said there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. You can get away for a while. But except you are smarter than God. One day somebody will see. Because the Bible says God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that means anybody who can bypass that system, you are smarter than God. Eventually, but it's not that there's no shortcut to success. Shortcut cuts life shorts. The word is plain. You can't bypass some things. Hallelujah. Like I've told you, nobody prays for long life. God doesn't answer prayer for long life. Honor your father and your mother that your days will be long. Period. There is what to do to prolong your day. You don't need to pray for long life. If you always honor those who are above you, your days will be long. And if you dishonor them and you fast for seven days dry, if that fasting will kill you. <laughs> People leave what the Bible says they should do and then they want to. <laughs> God laid down all this, all this. They are to help you. Once you want to live long, learn to honor. When you see old people on the queue, do something about it. Even if you don't agree with what they are saying, don't answer back. When God is blessing you, take a part of the money, give your parents. That is how to be wise. It's not only long. The Bible says that, that it may be well with you. Why is it not well with some people? It has nothing to do with the devil. It is the attitude towards their parents. Little success, they talk five, you reply with seven. Because you have masters and they left secondary school. I feel sorry for you. If you are doing that. Now you can operate. You can, you can, you know, you're on the internet. Your dad doesn't know anything about internet. So you talk. I saw a secondary school boy. Because of the, the parents' poverty, they came to check him in school and he ran away. He didn't want his classmate to see his father. Because the father is an illiterate. What a shameful son. I told you about Pastor Bakari before. On his graduation day, you didn't like you know, my mom, my mom, she's late now. Even President sent him to greet him. She was a stark illiterate. She came as they were doing convocation. As they were marching before the VC. Mama carried <laughs> a crate of coke and a cooler of rice. And said, oh, mommy, today go. He said he saw her. He saw that there was temptation to turn his face away. He said, but he just said no. He removed the cap, he removed the garment, he ran towards mama, all mama, collected the crate from her head, put it on his head. I said, but this is my mother, this is my mother. He said, because why he wanted to join before was that he was very, he said, he said he had mouth in school. <laughs> he was a politician. You know, Pastor you know the way he talks now. He had been like that. He said, in school, he was, he had mouth. So they thought he was on one wealthy farm, the way he used, and he was working and he had money. He was working in the bank and schooling also, so he had money. So people thought I was, so when they, when they saw, and it was an open thing. So this is mom. 
carrying <laughs> but he said with that one thing alone God would have looked down and said this one you are blessed hallelujah those who saw him that day we are there now his name is still all over, in, all over the country it doesn't matter the things that we do how we yield to somebody is 31 everyone has just planned that when you are 32 you are going to meet a very wonderful man let me end with this listen to me very well you meet people at your level remember they say if wishes were horses <laughs> even beggars right we don't get what we want in life we get who we are if you ask a beggar do you want a mansion he wants it but why doesn't he have it it's not equal to the task when it comes to relationship ask anybody even the most ungodly man he wants a godly woman he said a god fearing woman a God-fearing man. The way to attract a God-fearing man is for you to be a God-fearing woman. Period. You will attract your life. You will. And if there is a good guy or a good girl that God is preparing for, I'll go and use your hand to spoil it by going. There are some things once they enter your record. You are making it difficult for some things to happen. This is why when the pressure is on stand, it's because there is something on the other side. Hallelujah. Are you with me? I'll tell you one more. Which I've said before. When we started, one of the things we can do is look at your pastor. Follow our example. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I was, we're six. Pastor Murray will remember. I went a uh, triangle. No drum set, no keyboard, no nothing. No nothing. Many of you would have joined us if we came our way that time, <laughs> the way we were. Now, one of those days, a church invited me, Stone Church, at somewhere there. Where, shall I, I think they sent a letter through you, because they are, so I went to pray there. We will finish service, eh? the whole offering will be like 6500 and we'll give out 2000 for those who did not have transport fare. So the money was small, so we didn't need an account. We just had a sister. Yeah, me see? She's abroad now. That used to keep money for them. What account are you opening for 4000 here? So YMC was taking our money of keeping. I don't, don't worry. Just for key. Keep it. And that 4000 by the following Sunday, will pay for the venue. So we'll go back to... And this church invited me to their youth service. But they did that youth program on Sunday morning. And the old church was there. And I finished preaching. And they gave me 100000 era. I'm like, Wow. And the next time, another church sent a letter, and I was to come Sunday morning. And the other church sent a letter, and Sunday morning, I saw it. God sent me to the six people. This hundred thousand will blindfold me. My people can't afford hundred thousand now. We have six thousand. If I keep going to preach on Sunday morning, and I keep telling someone to preach to them, I will lose my assignment. Now, time, some days have come and gone. How much is 100,000 to me now? If I follow that stuff then, it will look like it's working. It will work for a while. When the devil see, when, when finally I might have left my assignment completely, then the 100,000 itself will stop. Satan is a trick master. It will take you away. As long as you are moving, things will be dropping. When you are totally off your assignment and you can't go back, even what is dropping will stop. 
there you are full up. Most people who marry for money and marry wrongly and all those things, the effect doesn't show the first five years, many times. When they are, when they are getting, maybe they have a child now, when it is difficult for them to step into another marriage, that is when the problem will show. So they are stranded. This is why it's important. That's why I just shared this, this with you from my heart. Hallelujah. Many times when we talk to you, we tell you that we too have gone through things. We too have gone through things. The difference when we met Christ, we made up our mind all the way for Jesus. We said bye bye to our girls. All the way for Jesus. All the way. All the way. All the way. All the way. We said to ourselves, I will sit down, my friend, offer me a drink. I will say no to why. The worst thing you will laugh at me, but you see, tomorrow you are coming back to me. Are you with me? But too many people are two faced because of fear. Nobody stays with God to the end without getting blessed. Great things are coming from your life. But you need this spiritual stamina. You need to walk in this message I've shared with you. You need it. If your temptations are many, it is because your glory is much also. It is true. Once you notice that anytime you try to do the right thing, it's like them is cascading on you with people from all sides. It's because the glory is mighty. Something awesome is coming. Anytime I look at Pastor Nomti, I, would call her, so I, I, I can't stop talking about her. She was 38 when they got married. South Africa. Never married before. I don't even think she was even in a relationship. But she was always joyfully saying, God took a man from Nigeria. I know the funny thing. When he started asking now, she did have an idea of the man. Okay, they say a pastor in Nigeria who lost his wife. It was when she came here that she understood that she was marrying a pastor of a church over 10,000. And when she saw the governor and all the top people in Nigeria at their wedding, she was sure. Her mother didn't know. They are both South African. Her mother was sure when she saw the kind of people that were at the wedding, civic center, VI. I was there. Like, wow. But the first time she visited Nigeria, she saw the church. She couldn't believe. God has plans. Now look at their two children. Now you won't even know that they might. Everything is just working. God has a plan. Amen. You know, when we do an abnormal teaching like this, I don't go there. It is because I am speaking to some people. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant. I say tonight by the Spirit of God, I pass it very strongly in me. There are some of you that what the Spirit of God is telling you is that whatever you use, like alcohol or cigarette or whatever, I'm not talking to those who are here alone. Even those who are watching me. The Spirit of God is saying, stop and don't look back again. You know, there have been many Christians who still do all these things. Say bye-bye once and for. Every time you do, your conscience is condemned. You feel, you know that this is not me. Then why don't you just stop it? If you are not mad that you are indulging in sexual activity, stop and never look back again. Say to yourself, it is over. There is no turning back. I'm stopping. If you're in an office and they share money legally and it gets to you, say no, I'm over. And vow that I will never, I will never. If you tell lies, make up your mind. I'm not afraid of anybody, so why should I lie? I will never tell a lie. That's why I don't say behind people what I don't want. So I can be able, whatever I say behind, I can say before you. So I got my words. 
Why should I be afraid of saying anything? Are you with me? It's important. Let, lay aside all these things. You will discover there will be speed in your life. There will be joy. There will be accuracy. It's going to be wonderful. When you do that, imagine now in the church. Can you imagine? Imagine me not being able to look at, as I'm talking about sex and all this. Imagine that there's a lady that I've, I've done something with. How do I look at her face standing before all of you talking? When your life is plain, you have freedom. There is no secret anywhere that your heart is at. Let them not know this. And that's how you have, you have to be in your life. You go abroad, go anywhere for two years, you come back. There is nothing you are covering. Nothing. That's the life of a Christian. This man that said, that, Lord, write my life on the cloud and I will have nothing to be ashamed of. We are not saying that we are perfect, but we should not be found in some things at all. Sometimes we speak out of anger. Sometimes we misjudge a situation. We all make mistakes in that area. But to be indulging in certain things, the strength of God is in you. Say no, rise up and move. Are you with me? Is someone blessed tonight? Yes, Is someone blessed tonight? Yes, you know, as I'm talking, I have a feel that there are many people in their homes and in their offices who are really being tempted. When we don't speak like this, sometimes people are dying in silence. The temptation is getting higher. Some haven't done anything wrong, but that wrong thing is standing before them like this. And they are about to. It's not they've done something, but the, the, the pressure is more. I'm not sure understand what I'm saying. The pressure is much. You are being pre- Jesus understands. Bible says we have a high priest who can be tough, but he's saying that you are strong, that you should say no. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.